0: hey guys it's eddie i'm coming to you live from the drunk gossip studios here in new york city and as i predicted the met gala on may 6th is producing a lot of gossip um not all of it is juicy some of it's just like gaga did a 15 minute weird performance that people are either loving or criticizing which is pretty much par for gaga's career uh-huh. So, as soon as we start getting down to the nitty-gritty, I'll bring you some of those stories. Um, But one of the stories that I did want to talk about is the red carpet debut of Katie Holmes and Jamie Foxx. Now, it's been known for quite some time um, that Katie and Jamie are a couple... In fact, I don't think there's anyone on Earth that didn't know. Especially here in New York City. Um, They're often spotted out together having dinner or a romantic night out. And... So, while they're notoriously private, in this case, it just means that they don't go out of their way to get packed. And they really avoid talking about one another usually in interviews. But that changed last in with the Met Gala. And they were they were photographed together on the red carpet. And very loving and And you just know Tom Cruise's head is exploding at this point. For those of you who don't remember, Tom Cruise went nuts when he started dating Katie Holmes. And, and that's not an exaggeration, sadly. Um, he really lost his mind. Uh, he went on Oprah and jumped on her couch declaring that he loved Katie Holmes. Which, that's all good, well, and fine. Like... You know, love the person you're with. We're we're good with that, but it was just the way he went about it that was kind of odd, and you know he's his reputation has never really recovered. Um, He he still makes hit movies. Obviously, Um, people still are all about him. But, um, you know, they just don't, uh, people just don't like him like they used to. And of course, there can be many things, but we'll talk about Tom Cruise another time. Right now, we're talking about Katie Holmes and Jamie Foxx. And so, okay, so, Tom Cruise 1, that's for her. And there were some people who were like, oh my gosh, it's so adorable, it's so cute, it's so... And they they weren't wrong. It really was cute and adorable and, and all of those things. But it was also very... Um... It was also very trying, um... And then five years later, she left him. And she, like, she didn't leave him small, she left him big. There were a bunch of blind items and at the time I was running Generation Gossip and I, I literally predicted and when I typed up the story on my phone because I was heading home. I had been on vacation here in New York. I was heading back to Michigan. And I typed up a a blog post on my, on my um, on my phone, and predicted that there were going to be a slew of blind items coming out. And I wasn't wrong. There were quite a few blind items that got revealed. And all of them have said Katie had been planning her escape from Tom Cruise for a very long time. And so when she when she left, um, when they finally saw the divorce, it's rumored that one of the clauses in their divorce agreement was she had to wait to date. Or she had to wait to go public with who she was dating. And the other rumor was... Tom was adamant... That... She was not allowed to date his friends. Well, Jamie and Katie... It's rumored that they had started dating right around the time of... Her escape from... From Tom Cruise and Scientology. And... Um, Jamie and Tom had been friends for a long time, and, you know, Tom has never actually addressed, like, anything Katie related after the divorce. It's really weird how no interviewer has ever asked him, but I'm really hoping that someone does ask him after, um, now that they've made their red carpet debut with the Met Gala. And I'm going to go and come right back. And I'm back. So I'm going to get this question, so I'm going to address it head on. Why did I lead off with Katie Holmes and Jamie Foxx instead of the royal baby being born? Which is clearly the bigger story. And that is all very true and correct. However, Katie Holmes and Jamie Cox debuting as a couple has been years in the making. Whereas the royal baby was nine months in the making. (laughs) Um, um, But it's true, Meghan Markle gave birth to a baby boy yesterday. Um, No name has been... Announced yet, but if the blind items are to be believed, um, it'll it should in some way honor Princess Diana. Um, Since it's a baby boy, I'm anticipating uh, his name being Spencer. uh, Obviously, there's no proof to this or anything of the sort. It's just uh, my gut feeling. Um, the the gossip blogs have been uh, talking about uh, Prince Harry and Prince William's fallout and part of that fallout was that um, or some of the anticipated fallout was believed to be about the baby name. Um, and uh, allegedly Prince Harry has been wanting to honor his mother um, with the baby name for for a while. And when that didn't come to pass, they decided that, um, or not when it didn't come to pass, I'm sorry, when it finally came to pass uh prince william said hey please don't use her first name you know you can use her middle name you can use the last name whatever you want but please don't use her first name i don't know why he didn't want her to use the first name or why he didn't want them to use the first name, just blame this on Megan. Um, although allegedly, a lot of the a lot of the issues between Prince William and Prince Harry stem from Meghan Markle. So, in in that context, it's not all that surprising um, that he's trying to avoid it. Um. and Prince Harry was photographed yesterday in a sweater looking very dapper very happy um, and people like a lot of fans for lack of a better word are saying that we can put the rest of the rumors of discord between Prince Harry and Meghan Markle. You know, now they've had a baby and everything's perfect. And I think that's a really disingenuous argument. Because babies don't fix relationships. If they were having problems beforehand, those problems are not going to suddenly not be around just because they had a baby. That's like saying that uh that a dead body will suddenly disappear just because the murderer goes and eats dinner. You know, yes eating dinner is important but it's not gonna fix the dead body. And same thing, yes the baby will add a new layer of love. For both of them. But if, if there was trouble in the marriage, the trouble is going to remain there. And it doesn't matter how hard you try to make the baby fix the marriage or put a band-Aid over the marriage. If it's bad, it's bad. And I, you know, that's just the truth of the whole matter. The other truth of the whole matter is I'm going to go and come right back. And I'm back. <clears throat> and if there's one person I think you should listen to in the Julian Assange fight, it's Pamela Anderson. Because clearly, Pamela Anderson knows her shit. <laughs> okay, I'm done I'm being sarcastic now. But seriously... Uh, This whole Pamela Anderson-Julian Assange friendship is weird. And, okay, so here's the thing. It's not really that they're friends. uh, uh, Publicly, they've stated that they love one another. Um, But they just weren't together. And there have been multiple blinds throughout Crazy Days and Nights and blind gossip. Um, I think even Prez Hilton... Who I don't read regularly, but um, I think I remember seeing something from him. One of his infamous not so blind items, suggesting that these two were way more than friends. Um, Crazy days, and nights had a whole, um, whole slew or whole arc, as I call them, um, about this relationship and how. It evolved from Pamela just really believing in the WikiLeaks mission to her and Julian Assange realizing that they have chemistry and and caring very deeply for one another. And then, of course, um, Blind Gossip got in and said that they would um, read love poems to one another. And Julian Assange would always tell Pamela Anderson that every love poem was written just for her. And who couldn't love her? And and this relationship has continued. Um, when, he, when Julian Assange was arrested back in March... Um, Pamela Anderson called it a travesty. And, ah, you know, this is, this is democracy dying because... You know, he was just exercising his right to free speech... And here's where it gets a little muddy. Because on the one hand, we all want to support free speech. And even if I disagree with you, I don't want that right taken away. Because then they're going to come to take my right away. And, and that's just not Okay. But on the other hand, there are some things that probably shouldn't be done, like yelling the fire in a movie theater, or stealing and releasing national security secrets, or stealing emails and other documents from organizations. It's one thing if you happen to see it on your own. And you tell someone, fine. I've Trust me, I've done that. I've lost jobs because I've done that, but I've done it. But to steal the document... It's just not okay. And... It, that's kind of where things get iffy. You know, there was... Um, There's just certain lines you don't cross. But Julian Assange crossed them. And instead of facing trial, he Mm. ran away. Um, Chelsea Manning. Who I know a lot of people don't like. um, But she, I, I respect her. Because she at least faced her trial. Um, and then she got... She didn't get pardoned, I think. I forgot what the word is, but... President Obama put aside her, her... Her punishment. Which I think was the best of both worlds. She still has that on her record, but... um, You know, she didn't... She didn't um, have to serve the whole prison sentence. In any case... Julian Assange... Excuse me. Julian Assange lost his political asylum and was arrested in March, as I already mentioned. And... Part of that has been um, he he was taken into a British prison where he's facing um, obstruction charges for skipping bail, and Pamela Anderson went to visit him yesterday, and she is just furious because he is the world—and this is a direct quote— According to her, he is the world's most innocent man, and she she put up a um she put up a post on on Twitter that said, "Ja is the world's most innocent man." He is treated as the world's most dangerous man in order to make him a criminal without him ever having done anything whatever wrong. So, apparently the only way your criminal and Pamela Anderson find is if you do something violent, which is a little weird. And then she told The son yesterday, or she told The son after seeing Julian Assange, he does not deserve to be in a supermax prison. He has never committed a violent act. He is an innocent person. He's a good man. He's an incredible person. I love him. I can't imagine what he's been going through. It was great to see him, but this is just misrule of law and operation. It is absolute shock that he has not been able to get out of his cell. And it's an absolute shock that Pamela Anderson is out there doing all of this. I, I, I am genuine, genuinely shocked by this. But don't be shocked when I say I'm going to go and come right back. And I'm back. So, over the weekend, Will and I made a, um, made a short film. And I'm, it may be uploaded to the Patreon. I'm going to talk to him about it, see what he wants to do. Uh, he did a phenomenal job editing and making me look good. It's like I could actually act in, you know, a, and competent in, in ways that I'm really not. <laughs> so thank you, Will. Um, and most of you know that Will and I met and, and became friends because we're both writers. Um, and, you know, we, we share things, we talk a lot, and one of the things he always says is I've had a very interesting life, and, uh, you know, the truth is, I guess I have. Um, I don't really look at it that way, but I, I can definitely see where he's coming from. And I've thought about writing a memoir, especially about my abusive relationship, um, quite a bit. In fact, at one point, I actually started it. And then I, it just became um, a lot for me to handle, so I stopped. Um) So why do I bring this up? Memoir writing was really big business for, for a while, actually. Um, and you all know I, I chase those trends. Um, and I can usually kind of tell when a trend is about to start. The one I have to admit that I missed was Twilight. I did not see Twilight blowing up and, and creating the whole cottage Industry of um, vampire romances in young adults. in the young adult market. Don't come at me with Anne Rice did it with Interview with a Vampire. I know. We're talking about the young adult here, um, but so I, you know, I, I've I've really I really had. Started and stopped in fits. Um, my memoir. And well, while, while I was on the train home Sunday um, from the film festival that we entered our our um, short film into, I was reading about Woody Allen, and he has written a memoir and with no matter how you feel about Woody Allen we're not debating that right now no matter how you feel about woody allen he is a household name he is an a list director and some have argued one of if not the voice of a generation And yet, according to one of the big five publishers, nobody will touch it. No one will give him a publishing contract for for his book. And again, there's gonna be those who say, oh, well, you know, it's because it's a Me Too movement, it's because of this, but the truth of the matter is, I don't think that the me too movement is what's stopping him. I, I to be honest, I don't know what is stopping them from publishing. Um it's very unlike publishers unless there's something in the book that they think is going to stop them from making money. You know, one of the I guess one of the things that I should the counter argument should be is with these big names, uh, Michelle Obama, Hillary Clinton, um, Amy Schumer, I just named all women and I don't know why. <laughs> um, but when you, when you get books from them, or from. When you, when you offer a publishing contract to them, you have to offer them mega bucks. Um, Amy Schumer got... Like, seven million dollars... For an advance on her book. Um, So, that could be one of the trip-ups. Maybe he wants a bigger advance... Than what they think they're going to see... Returned. Um, Oliver Stone is shopping a... A memoir around. And... Mm -hmm. It's expected that that's going to launch a huge bidding war. So what's the difference between Oliver Stone and Woody Allen? Not very much, honestly. They're both um, respected and beloved directors who have steered through controversy of their own. The... The one drawback to Woody Allen might be, and I don't know this for a fact, this is just speculation on my part, but since he's suing Amazon for $68 million, there's a chance that they're not going to sell, they're not going to want to let him profit off of their site. And Amazon, for better or worse, is the biggest bookseller around right now. Um, not only because, um, they allow indie authors, which, you know, that's how a lot of us are able to, um, publish our books for free and, and make some decent money, but there's also, um... There's also some um, big names, like the Ladies Who Punch. I think, I have to look at the source for this, but I believe they said that Ladies Who Punch sold more copies um, on Amazon than in bookstores. And that was a huge, huge, huge selling book. I had to go to three different Barnes and Nobles to find it. So, will we ever see a Woody Allen memoir? Yes, I have no doubt that this will be published. Um, I don't think it'll be by one of the big five. I think what'll happen is he'll um, have to go to a smaller press or go the way of Jackie Collins um, and there's another big author, um, Anthony Anthony Weir. I've seen that's his name. Oh, the guy who wrote The Martian. Um, Jackie Collins got rights back to some of her older books and self-published them. And was able to make some decent money off of it. Um, Anthony Weir's The Martian started off as a self-published book. Before blowing up into a huge phenomenon when publishers really, really wanted to get their hands on it. And the same could be said for Woody Allen. He has the money. He has um, he has the resources. He could self-publish his memoir if he wanted to. And make a lot of money. And speaking of, I'm going to go and come right back. And I'm back. Do y'all want the inside story of what happened with the CBS News team? I know you do. So, okay. For weeks, there have been rumors that Gil King had been trying to bump one of her co-anchors off because she felt like they were eating into her airtime. And Blind Gossip had had an item called Bump One Off. And their source said she doesn't like other women taking her airtime. Plus, she wants to rene- renegotiate her contract. She thinks that if she bumps another woman off, the show will be more desperate to keep her. And she will get a bigger share of the show's talent budget. They solved it, and they said... Um, Gilking was the one that was staying, but originally she was trying to get Bionna Goldrig out. Um, and a few weeks ago, Bionna left. She was, when she found out that she wasn't going to be staying on CBS this morning, she actually um, left the network altogether. She was offered another role and she said, nope, I'm good, thank you which was a very bold move because she was a relative newcomer. And during all this, Nora O'Donnell had allegedly started leaking rumors that she was going to be replacing Jeff Glore on CBS this evening. So, with all of this going on, Gil King had her infamous... R. Kelly interview, which just really blew up. It was so much bigger than what anyone had anticipated it being. And she was able to get them to give her $11 million per year. Now, given that Gil King's best friend is Oprah, that's chump change. I mean, for people like you and I... You know, we're chomping at the bit for a fraction of that. But for someone who's in the rarefied space of Oprah, it's kind of like, okay, this will be pocket change. Um, And then, so with all this going on, they started changing producers, they started changing the head of CBS, the CBS News Department... And last week, um, the last week of April 2019, they um the rumors really started heating up that Gil King and Nora O'Donnell did not like one another. One insider actually said... Nora is toxic. And the report goes further in saying... That as part of her contract negotiations... Gil King actually said... I want her out. I want her off of the show... I don't want her anywhere near me. And Nora uh, was more than happy to play into the. um, She was more than happy to play into this because it meant she was one step closer to getting her dream job of being CBS This Evening's news anchor. On Monday, May 6th, they made it official. How, um, Nora O'Donnell is out at CBS this morning. Um, she will be taking over for Jeff Glore. Jeff Glore is being offered another position. Um, CBS wants to keep him. They really, really like him a lot. But... It's up to him. And it's not looking likely that he's going to be staying with CBS. Um, and why would he after these bad, bad faith negotiations happened? You know, when he... A lot of people are saying when he signed on, he signed on for the long haul. And... What's happening is not... It's not fair to him. And there's really no way you could disagree with that. Because it's not fair to him. You know, he didn't ask for it. He didn't... um, You know... I don't want to say it's not his fault. Because maybe he could have done things differently to shake things up. But... You know, when you're going against Sister Holt on NBC and um, David Muir on ABC, it's really hard to break through in that, especially when you're not given the type of marketing budget that they have. So this is all making for a very interesting round of um, musical anchors. And we may have just found my next Drunk Gossip Companion book. Um, but uh, but seriously, this is so... It's such a weird... Um, it's not even weird. It's just so political. And you can see where the politics are coming into play. So me saying it's political is not like, oh, just trying to brush off bad behavior. It's... Looking at the facts here, like, oh my god, can you believe this? And can you believe that it's the end of the episode? Thank you guys, as always, so much for listening. And until next time, cheers.